Well, hello. Welcome back to the No Extractions Podcast. It has been a minute. The month of May has been quite a busy month for me. Um, like I said in previous episodes, this is uh, a one I can get to. Or like if I have an interesting topic type of thing. I wish I could be consistent and do every single Friday, but that's not going to happen with the busy schedule I have. Um, but I'm happy to be back because I have a, you know, well, I mean, if you read the title, you already know what I'm doing today. I'm doing an album review, an album review of the latest um, Indie Tribe album with their new members. And it's called Upper Hand. So, well, uh, let's get started. Welcome to the Note Extractions Podcast. said earlier today is a uh, another album review this is one from the hailed indie tribe um with actually two new members very cool but you know I'll, I'll get into that later um the members now consist of no big deal you have got you've got john keith you've also got um mowgli the iceberg and then dj michael v the two new members being john keith and michael v I'll give my opinions on the new additions later on, but um, today we're reviewing their brand new album, Upper Hand. I believe it was released on uh, May 28th. Yeah, May 28th of this year. It's got 11 tracks, and it's 28 minutes long. It's actually a very short album. So let's get started. Um, the first track is called Imploded. Now, this track, it seems to be kind of the cinematic intro um, of the album leading into the real first song, you know, this is just kind of a, an introduction, and it catalogs a failure of some sort um, by Indie Tribe, as said by a few uh, interviews or podcasts, you can hear different people talking about um, why um, it seems that Indie Tribe won't last for some reason, What like something they did wrong. I'm not entirely sure the context of that, but it was a pretty decent intro into the um, the second track, which is Holy Smoke. Now, I've heard a lot of people talking about how Holy Smoke is like, you know, the best track of the album or like their favorite. Um, I get that. Um, but what I want to talk about before I give my actual opinion is kind of what uh, each track contains um, and my opinion on the intention behind it. Um... So we have mostly no big deal on this track uh, with John Keith towards the end for his second verse. Um, I heard what I heard was basically stereotypical execution of these new age beats with a Christian like with Christian lyrical content. Um, and I don't mean that in a very positive light because it's something I've heard before. I've heard it many times uh, by the same artists, actually. Um, more no big deal, less John Keith. I feel John Keith has a more uh, a more 
secular sound, if you want to call it that. I'm starting to not like separating these people into two different groups because there are some people like, um, I want to say like Jerry Mana, Paris Cariz, and John, who are all kind of in limbo here where they're still sticking to their faith, but they make music for everybody, not necessarily one or the other. Um, I know No Big Deal does that sort of thing too, um, but for the most part, No Big Deal sticks to his uh, normal Christian lyrical content, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I feel like yeah, there hasn't been a time where he has experimented with that sort of stuff. It's, it's the same lyricism over and over in his discography. Um, but John Keith comes back uh, with his verse on a higher in vocal inflection flow and writing the beat like no big deal did for the most part which actually was pretty cool i was very happy to see uh no big not no big deal sorry i was happy to see john um experiment and actually try something out on this this type of beat and i think he pulled it off pretty well uh the production is pretty nice um but overall i feel like there was there wasn't really anything too impressive to me about this track i can see why people liked it <clears throat> but it just seemed like a pretty generic track um even within the context of the album uh john had a flow switch that was towards the end of his verse and it was not executed very well um his uh, lyrics did not allow him to uh flow switch really nice it left it left me feeling like what did you just try to do I, I don't understand what you were going for you know um that's that's kind of my thing on holy smoke uh, it was an overall consistent track, not something I would listen to because it, it just kind of rehashes what's been done in the past. Um, and it was really just trying to fit people together. You know, this is the first, you know, this is introducing the, uh, this album, you know, with the new cast members of Indie Tribe, you know. Uh, the third track is called Clear. Now here, all four of the members come together. John comes first with a pretty decent flow. Uh, I feel he showed out on this track. Um, he comes in pretty well for his chorus and verse. Uh, I mean, I, I don't really have too many complaints for his part. I feel he did really good. Um, Mowgli comes next. Now, um, Mowgli on this project, I'll talk about this later whenever I actually go through all the rest of the tracks, but Mowgli was utilized in so many different ways on this album. This one was pretty decent. I think he was he decently executed his verse. Um, but then, uh, let's see. Afterwards, you get No Big Deal. Uh, and his verse isn't too interesting. I don't think. Kind of normal No Big Deal that you would hear in his own discography. His newer discography, mind you. I feel like his older discography had some more experimentation going on. But I feel like he plateaued with this album. Like he didn't put as much effort as he would as he would in his own music than he did in the indie tribe section of his career. Um, and then you know, Michael was on here, um, and it was completely unnecessary. His name should not be on this track. I don't think. I feel it was just useless. Why would you include his name on the track if he's going to be just a DJ Khaled? You know, just for the name. There was no. Um, there's no valid contribution to this track um, and I'll talk about him a lot more as the album progresses uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and move on so the fourth track is called Top Down um, 
John Keith, no big deal. Ride the beat once again. And nothing, again, nothing too interesting, but I feel like they do fit on the beat. They flow. They flow on the beat. Um, the beat is cool, but the lead does not complement their voices. Um, something about it, it just doesn't sit right with me. Um, <clears throat> but Mowgli comes in too, and he, I feel like he tries to fit in on this track too hard, and it comes off forced. And I, again, I don't blame him because looking at the music he's made uh, since or like before the change of people within Indie Tribe, I feel as if uh, he's been the experimental one. He's done a lot more with his solo career that nobody else has done within the same sphere that he's in. So I, I don't blame him for not showing out on this one. Uh, and it's a short verse as well, but Overall, I didn't really like this song. It just didn't sit right with me. And the fifth song is called Circle of Trust. This is kind of like an interlude, and I believe this is words played. Correct me if I'm wrong. I want to say I recognize this voice as being words played, uh, talking about being indie and comparing being independent uh, on Indie Tribe versus being not independent and you know being forced to do whatever you're supposed to do by the label um i think the instrumental background is pretty soothing it's a pretty solid um interlude and in compare like you know if you put in the context of the album i feel like it fits especially with what we just heard a couple tracks before uh the first track imploded i feel like with that sort of context it flows pretty well um, as a pseudo narrative of like, oh man, Indie Tribe's not going to do well. Well, here's what Indie Tribe does different, and then so on and so forth. Um, so that moves directly on into the sixth track, Outside. Now, this one caught me off guard. Mowgli. Mowgli the Iceberg, my guy. He shines with this song, with his singing voice on this. I feel he fits on this better than any other track he's performed on. Um, it, uh, within this album, mind you. I like his solo stuff too. Um, no Big Deal comes in with a laid back flow. The lyrical content isn't really impressive. It's more of an appreciation post for Jesus. You know, I mean, I've heard that many times before by many other different artists in this uh, industry. Um, Mowgli the Ice Iceberg again steals this track with his chorus. Uh, the lead in this beat is similar to Top Down, except for the Rhodes chord switch. Except I believe the lead complements their voices better. I actually like this beat a lot more than uh, than Top Down in relation to complementing the artists that are going to be on the track. So it was, I think it was a pretty decent song. I'm very proud of Mowgli. Uh, I've, I've known what he's capable of uh, singing-wise. I think he's really amazing. Um, and he really showed off on this track. So I give this a, a, a better rating than what I've heard so far. And the seventh track is called 24K, um, which has John Keith coming in with a Juice World flow and melody. Now, I mean that literally. I could easily hear the Juice World influence. Uh, I'm not one to criticize John because I know his career is has been amazing. I like uh, two of his projects being, I, I believe it's Lost Boys and then Honey Blonde. Both of those were amazing to me. Um, 
but I've never seen him pull inspiration from anywhere uh, when it comes to making music. I feel like this is just a one one off shot of like, okay, he, he tried to pull off something that uh, he's not used to. I don't blame him. He just didn't do very well. I don't think. I don't think he pulled off the Juice World very well with his voice and with his inflection. Um, basically, John's first is Juice World, but with John's voice, um, if that makes sense. Um, so I, I, I didn't really like this chorus and verse, but I still really like John Keith throughout this album. So I, I won't like detract, like. Uh, retract any sort of uh, value from his performances um, now the main issue with this track has to be the snare the snare sucks what is this that snare is just medium high and high register that like high mids high register that that there was so much potential with this beat there was so much potential but that snare ruined it that snare does not make sense in this context. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, Mowgli didn't shine as bright with his voice on this track. I feel like the beat doesn't suit Mowgli. Um, as well as the, uh, the previous track, even though on outside he shined really, really bright. On this, I feel like he... Uh, he stole the he stole the show on this previous track, but still the beat didn't compliment him. Uh, and same with this track, I feel like he doesn't fit too well. I feel like his falsetto is awesome though. Uh, it's not very impressive of a track. I think it's pretty unimpressive, and it's the most derivative track of the album. And what I mean by that is it uh, tries to derive different styles. Um, because it's a new age beat, uh, I feel like the main culprit of that was John Keith trying to pull a Juice World flow and melody. Um, that's pretty much it for that one. The eighth track is called Pop Funko. And I know that's supposed to be like, you know, it's a switch around of Funko Pop, like those collectible items, whatever. Um, right off the bat, the lead is a bit quiet. Um, I mean, there, uh, that was just a beat choice. It just didn't please me in that sense. I think the lead could have been a little bit louder and it could have been more full uh, in the mids. No Big Deal talks about aspirations and his standard ly lyricism of calling normal people out. Um, and you can refer to Sticks, the song by him. I feel like this is just another repetition of, you know, y'all some Karens, y'all some, uh, yeah, y'all some fakes, y'all some, uh, um, you know, y'all some derogatory term i guess not really derogatory but you know um just calling out to the void whoever it has uh come off as wrong to him uh so i'm not really impressed with the lyrical content of his verse um, but john actually comes on and he performs better on this track than what i believe is any other track on the album um but this is at this point just wait till later um now <laughs> Yeah, Michael V comes back on, and he's talking about his fit. He's talking about making sure other members of the Indie Tribe have their fits right, and it's completely unnecessary within the context of the song and within the context of the album. 
I I've been neutral about Michael Michael V uh, for quite some time because I don't really know who he is, but from his track record, all I know is that he's an unnecessary part of this industry, where he probably is just like a DJ Khaled curates music, maybe DJs, maybe, um, and then throws his name onto tracks for clout like giving other people clout because he's bigger um i feel there's no there's no curation on this album so i feel his inclusion is unnecessary so yeah but again more on that later the ninth track is called salt water and now finally we get a different beat choice it's a refreshing lo-fi drum flow um you're getting this laid back song. Oh my goodness. This beat hit me like, um, hit me different because we've had the same sort of sound um, throughout the entire album thus far. Mowgli killing the chorus. Oh my God. Mowgli, great freaking job. You did really good. Uh, he fit better on this track than outside, like the previous track I talked about before, where he killed the chorus. Um, he did so well on this chorus. That pleased my ears. I give him a round of applause for that. Um, John comes in with his verse and tried to be introspective, but comes off all over the place. I can't particularly understand what he's trying to uh, be introspective about, like what aspect of his uh, personality personal aspirations um just trying to be introspective i don't know what he's trying to get across um but no big deal comes in and fits his lyricism with the track title i think this was probably one of his better verses of the album where he sticks to a theme of the track and it makes sense um so i, I appreciate his verse on here probably i think one of his better verses um and again, I think Mowgli steals the track. He had the best performance out of all three on there. Track 10 is titled Forever. And uh, it's another interlude, but this time from one of the members inside the Indie Tribe. And it's just no big deal yelling that nothing will ever happen to Indie Tribe like it'll last forever. I like it, it's it's a it's a narrative it's a pseudo narrative you know going back to when words played was talking about well here's what indie tribe does different this is just no big deal reinforcing the fact that you know indie tribe's strong they're not going anywhere they're going to keep doing music um and just doing what they do and it's going to live on forever um that's pretty much what it is i think it's still uh, it's still a pretty good interlude ties in pretty well makes the album have a flow now, the last track, the 11th track on this album, is called Tribal Council. This involves all four. Um, this involves all four people in Indie Tribe. Um, I think this is No Big Deal's best verse on the entire album. After listening through a couple times, this has to be No Big Deal's best verse. Absolutely amazing flow. And it's on a really cool beat choice. This is another refreshing beat choice compared to the uh, rehashed New Age beats that we were listening to at the top of the album. Uh, it's more lo-fi, and there's a more of a West Coast bass line, which I appreciated. Bit of diversity there. I really liked that beat choice. Um, now, this time, Mowgli hits a uh, different vocal inflection that he has on the entire project. Not necessarily singing. He's rapping this time. 
Um, I think this was his best rap verse on the project. He actually put in a lot of effort to curate himself to fit the beat, and I feel the beat complemented that flow. So it worked hand in hand. So I give him props for that one. Um, John kills his verse with this beat. He really does. This is probably one of his favorite, uh, probably my, my favorite verse from him uh, on this on this track. Um, but let's see. Yeah, this is probably my favorite song on the whole project. Uh, there was a bar from John that I recognized, not recognized, but I pointed out talking about how hip hop is a sad place. And I really appreciated that. That was like a real, that, that, that bar stood out to me for some reason. I don't know why, but it was just a really recognizable bar. Um, so the cruel, the crew, oh my goodness. The crew pulls off loving Jesus being cool on this. So that's, that's good. I gotta say, like, that was like this track you could you could listen to it and be like man it's cool to love jesus you know if if you're not already confident in your faith you know um but the thing that ruined it and you know i won't let it get to me i'll just have to skip this part because from this point on it sucks uh there was a bar that uh that included a mario judo reference on john keith's verse that was so cringe that was terrible where he was gonna say like you if you listen to mario judah uh, i don't know if you know if anybody knows who that is um i'm sure you've heard about him at this point but the track that blew him up he was uh he became popular because inherently he had basically said the n-word in a song in the most whitest like in the most white fashion possible and everyone was making fun of him for it, but it ultimately he he blew up because of it, and he held that momentum, and became popular for it, and then started putting out other tracks, you know, whatever. Uh, pretty interesting come up story when it comes to an artist, because it started out as a meme, but uh, John Keith tries to pull that flow uh, on the chorus of "Die Very Rough" by Mario Judah without saying the N word is more of just like yelling in the back, replacing that uh, silence. So that was really cringe. I really did not appreciate that. Um, and then after that, um, for the last time, Michael is unnecessary at the end. Very unnecessary. Basically, he's just mentioning uh, a bunch of popular TikTok people and why they're wrong. Like what they do is wrong. This is not what we're here for. We're here to see good content, but coming from Michael off this album, whatever contribution he's putting in isn't good. So this, like that was again, completely unnecessary of an inclusion on the track. Now this is my overall review. I feel like this is a pretty consistent album. Mixing and mastering wise, I had nothing, there was nothing wrong with it. I thought it fit the aesthetic of Indie Tribe better than it has in the past actually. Um, they did really good. Whoever is their mixing and mastering engineer, props. Like, this was a really, really well-made album. Um, and same with the producer. You know, there may have been some beat choices um, and, like, instrument choices, whatever, uh, that didn't suit me, but I still give props to the producer, uh, producers, and I recognized a beat, tab, beat tag on a couple of these tracks. Um, 
So I, I think the beat choice is really good. Um, but really, overall, this album is kind of like the return of the tribe, quote unquote, um, because it's been so long since Indie Tribe has done anything. And now that they have new members, we're trying to test out to see how they would all flow together. Um, being that we have two mainstream ish hip hop artists and then you have a DJ Khaled and then you have Mowgli Mowgli who you can't really compare to anybody Mowgli does his own stuff um so what do you expect of him but I'll talk about that here in a second um I feel it's mostly unimpressive flows on the new age beats in the top half of the album both no big deal and John play their parts rapping and John sometimes singing um Mowgli seems to be on the project simply because he's an original member of the Indie Tribe. I will compliment his contributions with his singing on Saltwater and Outside, but I don't think he fit too well on any other track that he raps on except for Tribal Council. So I feel like he was included just because he's on Indie Tribe, not for his talents. You know what I mean? I don't think they suited his talents very well uh, for the most part. There was... I mean, really only Saltwater and Outside where he had his singing voice going on. And I think he did really well. But overall, I feel like he was just included just because he's an OG member. Um, Dylan, you know, no big deal. He seems to keep some of the ba same basic flow uh, on a lot of his verses. And John tries to experiment often and pulls it off. Uh, the only really ver the only verse that really stood out to me from no big deal throughout this entire project was tribal council because he actually did a he, he did an amazing flow um on that track i compliment him on that one um seriously like okay don't take this wrong all right but this is just my opinion this is an opinionated podcast lest i remind you again but DJ Michael V is pointless on this project, except for being a complete DJ Khaled, but with no value of any sort with his contribution to the project. Only yelling on four tracks, his inclusion in Indie Tribe is, it's, it's pointless. It's disgusting. It doesn't make sense to me. And he doesn't deserve to be sat next to people who actually do their part on this project. He doesn't deserve it. I question why he was the one to join in contrast to John. I'm very happy that John Keith joined. He's an amazing fit into the overall aesthetic of what Indie Tribe has been and will be and what it's about. But Michael serves no purpose but to yell on tracks without actual curation of music. I doubt he actually curated anything. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Did he curate anything on this album or was this put together just as a group idea? where it had all four of them in it. Because if so, then why was Michael V on this project at all? Why was his name on it? Why was he credited? Um, why is his voice on it? Because his vocals have no purpose. They have no purpose in context of the quote-unquote narrative, the pseudo-narrative that Indu Tribe puts out of how um, they'll all you know, still be going together as Indu Tribe, Indu Tribe will live on. It's a, it's a stretch to say that he fits that narrative or what he talks about fits that narrative. Uh, more like he's just gassing up people. He's just gassing up the homies and then talking about some nonsensical TikTok stuff. Really? Like, that that's boring. That's boring to me. Um, and at the least, I feel this project was moderately thrown together. Moderately. I, I mean moderately. Uh, 
as sort of a comeback into the CHH sphere, boosting the careers of all four members by just a little bit more. Um, it is a consistent album, mind you, uh, which, again, thanks to the production and engineering team, good job. Um, I feel like it was, you know, I feel like it was moderately thrown together. And then surprise announcement, uh, release date, everyone's loving it. So I think it worked on on their hat on their uh on their end so um but i feel like Mowgli could have been utilized better um i feel no big deal as plateaued in lyrical ability and flow compared to his solo music john did okay overall uh and again michael v serves no purpose the last part of these reviews that i like to do is i rate it i rate the album but i give it two different ratings uh because there's two different contexts that i can take this in because chh is a bubbled community um, with people, you know, hitting both CHH and non-CHH audience audiences, I feel like I am obligated to give two different reviews uh, in two different contexts. If you were to put this album in the CHH context compared to the secular context. So my CHH rating, how this album has done within its first, you know, first couple of days being out um, and like the community reception, and how I thought, you know, my personal uh, opinion, I would give it about a seven out of 10, seven out of 10 CHH rating. Um, but for a secular normal rating, um, I give it a six out of 10, not as good as the CHH rating. Uh, and you could probably uh, understand um, how my system works for this. Uh, the normal rating will usually be lower than CHH because I feel like since CHH is such a closed sphere, there's not as many artists to compare to. And um, just, you know, some a lot of the CHH albums put out won't sit well with uh, Secular because, it, because of its uh, lyrical content being so laser focused onto one theme or one uh, overall subject matter, umbrella, subject matter, whatever. Um, it makes sense in my head. I don't know if I'm ex explaining it right, but that's just kind of what it is. So CHH rating is seven out of 10 and the normal rating for secular is a six out of 10. I think this album did better than Holvey's, uh, Christopher. I think it did. I think it held up pretty well. Um, I think it's probably because of the clashing uh ideas of four separate people even though you know there were some issues i feel this project came together more close and you know it 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 just it sat well with me better than christopher did so i give props to indie tribe as a whole for this um anyways i guess that's pretty pretty much it for the uh album review i thank you guys for listening uh and I'll see what else I can do for a podcast episode because I'm kind of out of ideas. That's kind of okay. That's kind of what uh, this podcast purpose is. I'll be doing album reviews, um, yeah, artist interviews as well, talking about whatever. But anyways, that's the end of the review. Thank you guys once again for listening. And this is the Note Extractions podcast.